It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you. Good morning on a Monday. Week two for me in for Gil, and we have a fun show lined up for you this morning. Our guy, Bill Connolly of ESPN, the creator of SP Plus, be with us to talk college football. What an adventurous weekend it was with all the rumors about a 16 team SEC and all that fun. We'll talk about that and much more as we're, again, uh, a month away from week zero. Week zero needs a new name, guys. That's all I'll say. But Bill Connolly with us five minutes from now. Paul Spore talking baseball at uh, at 10.45 Eastern time. Adam Stanko talking NBA draft. And what in the heck is wrong with Team USA at 11.05? And then John Jansen, the host of The Line Change on Fox Sports, The Gambler in Philadelphia, which you can hear on a weekly basis, on a uh, weeknight basis, 8 to 11 p.m. time on Fox Sports Gambler in Philadelphia will be with us at 11.45 as well. So a good show lined up for you as we roll along here on week two for me in for Gil. Uh, let's just start, though. I don't I don't really want to start with the Olympics, but because of what happened early morning yesterday in Tokyo and <laughs> Uh, not viewed by a lot of people here in the States because it was only on Peacock. Uh, Team USA against France in men's basketball. Team USA loses again. Uh, 83-76 the final. They get dominated in the second half. They get especially dominated down the stretch. A big French run of 14-2 to to end the game, to win the game by 7 and look, we're at a point now, and, and it's the first Olympic loss since 2004 for the United States. It's three losses in four games now for Team USA. And the team just looks completely and utterly lost. And look, it's the Olympics. It's a team that was thrown together in a very quick fashion after a quickly put-together NBA season. Three of the players legitimately just got there from the NBA Finals, even though Drew Holiday was the best player for Team USA yesterday. 
But when you look at what happened in a game that started a little after midnight on the East Coast, uh, nine, it was 9.40 here in the West Coast, technically Sunday here, Monday in Tokyo. And you watch Luka Doncic go out and play like he plays in the NBA and completely eviscerate Argentina. Doncic tied for the second most points in an Olympic game ever with 48 points. 51 is the all-time record. 48 on 29 shots last night as Slovenia hammered Argentina last night, 118-100. Just completely had their way with them in what was by far the highest-scoring game we've seen so far in these Olympic Games on the men's or women's side so far. But it makes you at least think, all right, Kevin Durant can do that. Damian Lillard can do that. And... I understand the game is completely officiated in a different way. A lot more hand-checking. As long as, in all honesty, as long as you don't completely just bulldoze a guy on the perimeter, you're not getting called for a foul. But Kevin Durant is every bit the scorer that Luka Doncic is. And Luka Doncic, we know, is one of the elite players already in the NBA. But to watch Team USA just go out there and look so sluggish yet again... After, again, look, let's face it, losing to, losing to Nigeria, even though this is the best team Nigeria has ever fielded, is embarrassing, like they did here in Vegas, losing as a 30-and-a-half-point favorite. The loss to Australia, look, the Aussies are the second-betting favorite to win the gold medal, and they probably should be, but you cannot be losing to them on your home, your, your home, your home soil. And now to lose to France... And now put yourself on, look, Team USA is going to make it to the to, to the uh, knockout stage. They're not going to lose to Iran as a 40-point favorite overnight tomorrow. They're not going to lose to the Czech Republic, who struggled to beat Iran. But it has been a really rough go. And look, I, again, they're down to minus 225 at Ben MGM to win gold. And quite frankly, they shouldn't even be that short. They should be a lot longer than that at this point. Uh, to, to win gold. Do, can they win gold? Of course they can. They still have the most talent in the field by a wide margin, but it's been an embarrassing showing so far for this collection of Team USA. Can they turn it around? Of course they can, but we'll see how it goes as we go along. Here on a numbers game on VSIN, I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you this morning. And now with us, it's creator of SP Plus, now works for ESPN after a long tenure at the head of Rock M Nation on SB Nation. It is Bill Connolly. Bill, thanks for getting up with us this morning. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing 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 good. Good to have you on. Uh Bill, let's uh, let, let's just dive right in with the uh the news of the last few days. Not really much <laughs> betting here, but uh look, when Oklahoma and Texas seem to be on the doorstep of leaving the Big 12 to go to the the SEC, it's obviously humong- humongous news. Just what would the impact be from a football perspective, uh, for just nationally? Forget the SEC. We know what those impacts would be. We know the Big 12 would, would likely dissolve. But just with this new era of a 12-team playoff coming sooner rather than later, just what, what's the biggest impact and what do you think the domino effect is for other conferences, assuming this goes through? Yeah, I mean the domino effect is is the most interesting part by far, just because we don't we, we never know. We we'll, we're going to make 138 predictions. One of them at most will be right. Um, but I, I mean, it, this basically I, I'll have a column out once this is semi-official or whatever. And one of my lines is just that the SEC is officially as good as the SEC has always thought it was. Right? Like mm-hmm. this is you know as opposed to hoping for three to four teams in a in a 12-team playoff. Now they're going to get four to five, they're going to get two thirds of the at-large bids and, and it's going to be pretty justified. You can't, I mean, a, a nine and three team in the SEC is going to have played about what five, probably something in that neighborhood ranked teams. At least they're going to have played an Alabama or a Georgia or whoever. They're just going to, it's going to be a stupid conference is, is, is what it comes down to. It's going to have about a, about half of the nation's recruiting superpowers. It's going to have a, a you know, we other coaches have started to theorize about how, you know, it's going to be hard. Never mind the, the the superpowers. It's going to be hard to recruit against the you know the Kentuckys and the Arkansas and whatnot, who can basically say you got to come here and play for us if you want to play against the best and all that. 
it's just it's 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 a bigger move than anything that happened ten years ago, and and the ripples are going to be pretty uh, pretty enormous, even if we can't really quite predict what they'll be. Bill Connolly with us right now, uh, of course, the creator of SMB Plus, now writes for ESPN, breaking down college football. And, and, and I just want to ask you this because you have, even before we got to six, we, we potentially get to sixteen in the SEC, you have always been a proponent of building a pod system in these bigger mega conferences as we get along. Uh, but but Bill, that would be the only way to break down this conference because if you don't go pods. I mean, you, you, these teams in the opposite divisions, you're not going to see each other for seven, eight years, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Georgia has never gone to Texas A&M. Texas A&M's been in the SEC a decade. Um, you know, the only reason LSU has been to Missouri is because they redrew the schedules last year and added right. that game. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just it barely feels like a conference. It, it, when, it, when you're playing eight-game conference schedules, you've got six division games, one permanent rival on the other end, and you're just rotating between the other six. Uh, in that one spot per year, it just it, it's hard to build a conference-wide connection. And if you if OU and Texas join and you basically just like add them to the SEC West and move Auburn or something to the East, then you're going to have an even worse issue. Auburn's going to go from playing LSU, you know, every year basically to like once every eight years or something <laughs> to that effect. So it just it would just stink as a conference. So you, already some of these 14-team conferences should have moved to something of a pod system, which can mean a couple different things. If you've got 16 teams, then you can do four four-team pods, play your pod every year and rotate the others, and that'll work fine. You also don't even have to break it into four-team pods. You can give everybody three permanent rivals, rotate the others, so like six one year, six the next, and you're basically in a nine-game conference schedule playing everybody within two years. So like that, it just it, it joins the conference together and make sure the schedules are more even. You don't have some ridiculous division imbalance. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a fairer way moving forward. And I think with the playoff, especially a uh, 12-team playoff, that is, conferences were already starting to consider this because they don't want some 8-4 and four team stealing you know, their 11-1 team's bid by upsetting them, them in the conference title game in some weird division setup. So, uh, yeah, I think this is definitely where we're moving. I just don't know who's going to be first to pull the trigger on it. Bill, let's just let's let's go to the field here in 2021. Uh, we'll start in the SEC and work our way around the country over the next 10 minutes or so here. No shock, Alabama's a big favorite to win the SEC, minus 165 to win the conference championship at BetMGM. Georgia at plus 230. Everybody else is 11 to one or longer, Bill. And I, I, I'll ask it this way: What is the path for the Georgia Bulldogs other than? Okay, they're beating Alabama in the SEC title game uh, to make the playoff here, Bill. Just uh, with the way their schedules, of course, they have Clemson week one. Uh, If they run the table, lose to Bama in the SEC title game, Bill, is that going to be good enough for Georgia to still make a playoff this year? Um, if they run the table, I think it absolutely will be. Well, I mean, uh, two, well, I shouldn't say absolutely because you never know. We can have three unbeaten teams or however. But a 12-1 Georgia with wins over, um, well, went over Clemson, went over Florida, you know, plenty of solid SEC wins. Like, that, that's that's going to get you in more often than not, mm-hmm. even if you lose to Alabama at the end of the year. So um, I, that Clemson game in week one is their path right there. Like that's not, it's not an elimination game by any means, but if they win that, they've got the feather in the cap they need. Uh, and then they just need to kind of skate through and avoid any sort of major uh, miscues the rest of the way. They're going to be favored, I believe the rest of the way in every single game. Yes. So um, yeah, like that, that's pretty, it's pretty easy to draw that, path out. It will obviously require JT Daniels to look as good as he looked at the end of last season all year, which seems like it could happen, but we're we're not going to know for sure until it does. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you can easily make the case. I think they're um, one of the more well, they're obviously one of the more high upside teams on the uh, in the country, but I think they've proven just enough to kind of, I think they get the benefit of the doubt to a certain degree too. Bill, looking at Bama, uh, again, you don't normally see 11.5 as a win total. And if you see it, you usually see plus money on it. That's not the case. You have to lay a dollar five. Again, it's technically an underdog, but a slight underdog. And minus 105 to go over 11.5 regular season wins for the Crimson Tide, Bill. But if you look at the schedule, where's the loss coming if they were to lose, other than maybe at College Station? But. Bill, I would go over the 11 and a half on Alabama. Tell me, t- talk me out of it or, or, or talk me into it further. <laughs> 
Well, I think, I mean, it, yeah, it's hard. You don't look at the schedule and see a loss, obviously. I will say, I mean, the one thing I can point to is that they do have a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new weapons on offense. They're going to be good. They're going to be awesome, of course. But two, maybe their two hardest games on the schedule pop up in the first three games. You know, Miami, Florida on a neutral site, and then at Florida two weeks later. Like, that's – I can't predict them to lose one of those games because they're just I, – I mean, I've seen that too much Alabama football, but – um, that scenario where you you're probably where you might be at your most vulnerable early in the year and your two hardest games show up early in the year. That's at least a combination where they could pr- produce an upset. If they're if they're three and zero, then yes, they're, <laughs> they're twelve and zero, and and uh, that pretty much answers the question. Bill, uh, I, I want to look to Texas A and M real quick before we shift over to the Big Ten. I. If they had Kellen Mond back, I, I, this would be a team that I would, would say, okay, they absolutely can beat Alabama in that early season game, as you brought up. Their win total is 9.5, uh, juice to the under at minus 125 on Texas A&M. Uh, I just what are your thoughts on the Aggies as, again, uh, Jimbo Fisher the, has, has, uh, has long reigns here, but we know how impatient the folks in College Station can get. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, basically, it's going to come down to Haynes King, probably. Like, um, he's not guaranteed to win the quarterback job, but I think he's got easily the most upside of between him and and uh, Zach Calzada. Um, if he is kind of you know a Manzellian type, not that level, but good, um, then it's hard to really find holes in the A and M roster. They're going to be really, really good, really, really good on defense. The offensive line has some rebuilding to do, and that's a question mark. Their offensive line was very good last year. But, yeah, I mean, it comes down to it's not that Kellen Mond left the bar ridiculously high. You know, it's, it, you can clear the bar that he set, but it, it's hard to ever predict a, a redshirt freshman or a very, very untested sophomore to do it. So that's, that's a major question mark. And I guess the other question mark for a and for me is just that they're, they're still very old-fashioned, so to speak, on, on offense. They run when they're supposed to run. They throw when they're supposed to throw. Not a lot of the, the motion and the RPOs and those, the bells and whistles that, uh, that so many offenses have added now. Um, it kind of seems like you're leaving points on the board by not modernizing a little bit, and we'll see if they can overcome that too. Bill Connolly with us right now here on a numbers game. Uh, you can get him on the tweets at ESPN underscore Bill C. Covers college football for ESPN and, of course, the creator of SMP Plus. Let's go to the Big Ten, Bill. Ohio State is a big favorite, minus 225 to repeat again in the conference. Uh, C.J. Stroud, the new quarterback there. Uh, Look, this team looks like an absolute juggernaut yet again, Bill. Is there anyone in the conference that at least can compete with Ohio State this year? Um. I mean, they get Penn State at home, which is going to help them even mm-hmm. further. I, I, I guess really my biggest question for them is the same as Alabama. Right? You're, you're going to be your most vulnerable at the beginning of the year when you've got you know new starting quarterback, whoever that's going to end up being. You know, you don't have Trey Sermon. Um, you're, you're you know a couple offensive line starters at the very least. The defense has honestly a few questions to ask. It was just you know the, they didn't cover very well. Now they lose all their linebackers. Uh, they're like Alabama. They're going to be awesome over the course of the season, but playing Minnesota um, in in week one, not that Minnesota is going to be as good, but they're at Minnesota right out of the gates. Then they play Oregon right after that. It's the same kind of deal. If they're 2-0, and then they're probably set, but they're at least vulnerable at the beginning to, to an upset before they get rolling. Looking at the rest of that conference uh, there, Bill, just who is the one other team Uh, Wisconsin right now is the second favorite to win the Big Ten uh, championship just because they're the favorites in the West. Is there any other team that you could see as as the the second team to go to a New Year's Six Bowl uh, in this conference? Um, I think the two that catch my eye the most, number one, Iowa might have been the best team in the Big Ten after November 1st last year. They just kind of laid waste to the field after they lost two super tight games at the beginning and then just got angry and, and laid waste to everything. And, and they have a lot to replace on their lines. And if they that could hold them back in their quarterback play, I mean, could, it's Iowa, so it doesn't matter as much, but it's not very good. Um, but they could easily, you know, if those, if the replenished lines hold up, they could easily win the West and, and put themselves in position. I guess the other wild card here, it's not, a, it's not an unpredictable one, but Penn State does have 
uh, solid defensive personnel. They're kind of a, sl- a guaranteed top 15 defense from year to year. And now they brought in Mike Yersich as offensive coordinator, um, who, you know, everywhere he goes, you average at least like 38 points a game. So maybe like it, it's hard to predict to them to beat Ohio State or anything like that, but they're going to be a pretty high upside team right there, especially if the offense improves by, you know, gets a little more consistent, scores one extra touchdown a game or whatever. That's going to be a very, very good team. Bill, uh, I want to go over to uh, the Pac-12 here real quick because Oregon's your betting favorite right now to win the conference at plus 250, UW at plus 350, and then Keaton Slovis and USC at 4-1. to Arizona State actually has the same odds as USC to win the conference. How do you break down this conference? It feels pretty wide open to me with, uh, with, with again, the betting favorite Oregon is the team I think I like the most up there. Yeah, Oregon, I think, has the most upside for sure, just the way they've been recruiting and what they're going to have on offense. Um, you know, they're, excuse me, on defense. Their offense is kind of a question mark, though. It's going to be solid for sure, but I don't know if they have like a, a you know, the quarterback position is still kind of a mystery. Um, they probably need another skill core guy to step up very quickly. And I think if, you know, there's just enough uncertainty there to where, you know, theoretically Washington could be a bigger contender than than what they're given credit for. I don't, everything I was saying about Jimbo Fisher's play calling and whatnot, like it's same goes for John Donovan, the offensive coordinator there at Washington. They're too, far too predictable, and, and we'll see if they can open things up now that, they, that he's been around a little bit longer. But defensively, they're going to be really, really sturdy, and uh, they could, I think, give Oregon more of a test than what we're, than what we're really and what the odds say or the, what the talking points are, are focused around in the, in the south i do like usc i, I just I, their offense i think is the most proven unit utah's got uh, just enough new pieces to make you wonder arizona state's got this giant ncaa investigation cloud hovering over them that could you know eliminate half their staff at any moment so uh, it's hard to really trust them too much but i do like usc's offense especially if uh, you know slovis kind of bounces back after a little bit of a sophomore slump bill we have about a minute here uh give me a team that you seem to like more than the public seems to like going into this season well i think I, I mean, I guess Miami. Uh, it's, I have to sigh before I say it because we all know the potholes there, but mm-hmm. they um, have massive offensive potential and they really only lose two defensive ends from last year. And, and they're very good defensive ends, but Manny Diaz always has good defensive ends. So if they can still rush the passer, and I assume they can, they kind of have everything they need to make a coastal run at the very least and play at a top 10 level. They almost did last year, but then they, they ran out of gas those last two games. So I, I think they have a lot more potential. I think they are being tamped down by the fact that they've underachieved a little bit recently, and that holds them back uh, in terms of odds. He's Bill Connolly. Get him on the tweets at ESPN underscore Bill C. Of course, covers college football for ESPN. Bill, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for being with us this morning. Absolutely. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, and we do have some breaking news on what we were talking about with Bill on Oklahoma and Texas. The first seed has been planted officially as Oklahoma and Texas have put out a joint statement notifying the Big 12 Conference that they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following the expiration in 2025. That essentially means they're gone. And it's just a matter of when. Would imagine it won't get there till 2025. Imagine that move to the SEC is going to come sooner rather than later. We begin our NFC East preview next here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. season just around the corner it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada the premier sports betting app BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issue ID to open an account and start placing your wagers from anywhere in the state of Nevada Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander for this week as well. Jason Kahn's here as well. Producer number five, producer number seven. We're having a good time as we did last week. Uh, before we get into the Cowboys, just just real quick here. Uh, multiple reports. Uh, Tom Pelissero first uh uh, on it this morning from NFL Network that the Texans are finally willing to listen on 
uh, deal for uh, Deshaun Watson, and apparently it had been some time to be willing to listen on a deal. And again, look, the -the off-the-field concerns for Deshaun Watson probably will impact the package that the Texans can get for him. One of these NFC East teams that we'll get to later that I think in their current form will be a mess. Probably the best destination at this point for Deshaun Watson. Uh, So at least the door is open for a Watson trade. And again, who knows if we even see him this year with everything that's gone on off with the off the field allegations he faces in Houston. Let's go to the Cowboys. We'll keep it in the great state of Texas. The Dallas Cowboys coming off what was a, uh, let's just say what it was. It was a disaster of a season last year in 2020. Dak Prescott gets hurt early. The defense is an abject train wreck. It's a stumble to 6-10. and 10, Even though, again, if they had won the last week of the season, they would have at least had a chance to make the playoffs as the NFC East champion, of course, Washington football team won the division last year at 7-9. and nine. If you look on your screen, all these numbers from BetMGM as always. The Cowboys, 9.5 wins. Uh, is, your, is your win total flat nine, uh, flat juice both ways, making the playoffs minus 140, missing the playoffs plus 115. They are the divisional favorites at plus 115 to win the East, 14-1 to one to win the NFC, 30-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Last year, I was all in on the Cowboys. I had them to win the NFC preseason. I was very wrong. Of course, when your quarterback goes out, that puts a, a damper on those hope, hopes. But even before Dak's injury, this was a meddling, mediocre team because that defense was historically awful early in the season. And I look, I'll admit this. I forgot how bad of a coach Mike McCarthy is. He's a bad NFL coach at this point. And it showed all of last year. Now the defense should get a little bit better. Former Atlanta head coach Dan Quinn is now the defensive coordinator. You would hope that that defense would get a little better. But you look at this roster, the big thing for me with Dallas is their success with Romo and into the early stages of Dak Prescott's career, they had a top five offensive line for about a half a decade running. They don't have that anymore. And obviously, when, again, you have Amari Cooper on the outside, you have good wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, still, still elite wide receivers, when... One of the highest paid people on your team is your running back and Ezekiel Elliott. You need your offensive line to be a big-time strength. And it is not the strength that it once was. I wouldn't be shocked if Ezekiel Elliott ends up being the number two running back for the majority of this season. Tony Pollard might be better than Zeke is at this point. But you look at Dallas's schedule. Obviously a horrific draw to begin the season. You have to go to the defending Super Bowl champions to open the season. Not a good draw there. Week two, that's a pretty difficult game too. The first game with fans at SoFi for the LA Chargers. Again, who knows how many fans will actually show up because it is the Chargers. Two tough games right out of the gate. They very easily could lose. But then you get a great break the next three weeks. They're going to be a big favorite in all three of those games. Monday night at home against Philly. Carolina week four. The Giants week five. They're going to be big favorites in all that. Their schedule's pretty manageable, all things considered. Obviously, you have at, at, at Minnesota, even though they won there last year, that won't be a gimme. At the Chiefs, still lose. At New Orleans on a Thursday night, the week after Thanksgiving, won't be easy, but it depends on what New Orleans is. Wouldn't shock me if Dallas is favored in that game. And then, as you'll see in this NFC East, all of these teams have backloaded division schedules here. Dallas, four to last five in division. Let's look at their season output here. Nine and eight for the Dallas Cowboys. That will be enough to get them in the postseason. Their defense stinks. Dak and the offense really good yet again. And Dak Prescott is your comeback player of the year off the dislocated ankle a year ago. When we get back here on a numbers game, Ryan Fitzpatrick looking for that elusive playoff appearance. He's not a QB at a Washington football team. Will they repeat in the NFC East? That's next on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Football betting guides are coming soon. 
And there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro seasons. And that's with our football betting guides here at VSIN. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide's only $20, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up today, vsin.com slash subscribe. That college football betting guide coming real soon, folks. So make sure you get on it today. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Barles. Jason Kahn here as well. Paul Spore is with us in 10 minutes. The week of the trade deadline is always an interesting time in Major League Baseball. So we'll get Paul's takes uh, on who may go and what may shift in the odds mar- in the uh, futures market and beyond with uh, Spore in about 10 minutes. But we're in the NFC East. Let's go to Washington. Technically, let's go to Landover, Maryland, I should say. The defending NFC East champion Washington football team, of course, as we all expected for last year. Uh, four quarterbacks needed in order to win that title last year. You, you started with Dwayne Haskins, who was re- legitimately run out of town. Uh, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Taylor Haneke. Haneke actually uh, played the playoff game last year. Was pretty darn good in a 31-23 loss to Tampa. Of course, the uh, the Bucks in route to their Super Bowl championship actually really had to work hard to beat Haneke and the Washington football team in that game. Uh, let, let's look at uh, let's look at divisional odds here. Uh, for Washington, uh, those uh, the, the, we're gonna we're gonna have to edit those real quick uh, uh, if, if, as you look at that. But uh, Washington this year, Ryan Fitzpatrick is in. Ryan Fitzpatrick still looking for that elusive playoff appearance. Seventeen years in, still hasn't been there. And this feels like on paper going into the season his best opportunity to make a postseason as a starter, at least to me. Now, you could argue the Jets, his second year there in 2016, that obviously turned into an abject mess. His second year uh, with Gang Green, uh, the Buffalo seasons, they never really were close to the playoffs uh, when he was there. The Miami seasons, obviously, those teams were rebuilding. And, of course, it ended up being last year. And the Jets uh, in 2015 were the two closest he ever got to make in the postseason. Week 17 losses in Buffalo uh, messed both of those up. Even though Fitzpatrick was not the quarterback last year, of course, it was Tua Tungvaluwa for that game. Uh, eight and a half year win total for Washington. To make the playoffs, I'm kind of surprised this number actually is in a little bit more but I still think it's pretty good at plus 120 to make the playoffs on Washington. Missed the playoffs, minus 145. Let's get to the number I like the most, though. The NFC East to win it again, back-to-back. And again, I understand this is a division that you don't see repeat winners. You just don't see it because of the mediocrity that runs through this division. You see a different champion every year. Plus 250 to win the NFC East for Washington, I think, is pretty darn good. To win the NFC 18-1, they're not winning the NFC 40-1, they're not winning the Super Bowl. So don't, don't bet those. But as we look at Washington's schedule here, and they open with a very intriguing game at home where they're actually a home dog to the Chargers right out of the gate. If they survive the first seven, make it eight, we'll go eight weeks of the regular season. And if you want to throw Tampa in there, that's fine. That's fine, too. Washington comes out of their first eight games at four and four. With the way that schedule is backloaded division-wise, and again, common theme in this division this year, backloaded for whatever reason with divisional games, their last five are all in division, and they go Dallas-Philly, Dallas-Philly, weeks 14 through 17 before finishing at the Meadowlands against the Giants. But get through the beginning of the season because at Buffalo week three, very difficult game. Kansas City at home, very difficult game. Week 7 at Green Bay, look, we saw the news on Friday that multiple sports books across the country, including here in Vegas with the Superbook, DraftKings, uh, and uh, points bet the three most predominant ones to pull Green Bay numbers because of the speculation that Aaron Rodgers may walk away from the game <laughs> on Wednesday of this week. That game in Green Bay, if it's Jordan Love, that's a great matchup for Washington because that defensive line will have its way with the young quarterback in that one. So a Week 7 game that would more than likely be a loss would turn into a win. Denver has quarterbacking problems. 
an offensive line, uh, again, that it was improved the last year, mostly because Garrett Bowles went from a bottom five tackle to a top five tackle miraculously last year, but a winnable game. And I haven't really talked much about that defense that only got better uh, skill-wise uh, skill uh, drafting uh, Davis out of Kentucky to play linebacker. Chase Young's only going to get better after his great defensive rookie of the year season a year ago. And they still have an elite pass rush. Montez Sweat gets forgotten about because uh, Mr. Young's that good. That front seven to me is the, still the top in the top three in the NFL. And that defense has the ability to, again, if they're getting put behind the eight ball, if you get a turnover happy season from Fitzpatrick, that's where this thing can go awry. Because you can't put your defense in positions where you're, again, again, giving up short fields, which obviously leads to more points no matter how good your defense may be. Of course, uh, the offense, we mentioned Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, a big addition this offseason, another year of experience for Terry McLaurin, a second year for Antonio Gibson, who I think already has shown he's a legitimate starting NFL running back in this league. But as you look at Washington, the one other thing that you have to keep in mind here, in a division that has Mike McCarthy, who I already, I already said, bad coach, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, who, again, we don't know what he is, but the early returns, and again, it's press conferences, so you can't delve too much into it. Doesn't look promising with Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. And Joe Judge showed me something last year with the Giants, but there are other problems with the Giants we'll get into when we just profile the Giants at about uh, 11.25 Eastern time here on the program. Washington repeats. Fitzmagic finally gets there. It took 17 years, but who cares? He gets to the postseason this year. That defense, and again, the one concern is defenses regress. It's hard to have an elite defense back-to-back years, especially uh, in this league. But that pass rush will get it done. Chase Young takes a leap forward. Chase Young is a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate this year. And the Washington football team goes 11-6. and under the best coach in the division by far in Ron Rivera. And Fitzpatrick is good enough to get it done. The two bets I have in this division, we're going over the win total, eight and a half. And we're winning the division. We're taking the two win the division. Uh, plus 250 is the best number I saw out there. Uh, honestly, that's good down to $2. If you get plus 200, that's still pretty good. But plus 250, over eight and a half. Washington football team repeats winning the NFCs for the second consecutive year behind that elite defense. And a good enough season from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Paul Spore of Fangraphs going to join us next. We're going to ask him about the pieces he expects to move this week at the deadline here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Monday Club, a $10 free bet will automatically be added to your account when you place a total of $50 in wagers between Monday and Sunday. That's right, you'll wake up to a $10 free bet every Monday just for betting $50 during the previous seven days. Get rewarded for your bets every week at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee, or in Indiana, I should say, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. The Money Monday Club not available in Nevada. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander here on The Numbers Game. Happy to be with you on a Monday. And now with us, it is Paul Sporer of Fangraphs. Get him on the tweets at Sporer. Paul, happy to have you on today. Uh, let's just okay. dive right in. Uh, trade deadline. It's Friday. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of teams that uh, over the weekend, and the number one team that may have played themselves out of it for good were the Washington Nationals. You have a yes. guy by the name of Max Scherzer whose contract expires and would automatically be the biggest piece more than likely we see moved at the deadline. Uh, just as we're handicapping the market here for Scherzer, who would be the best fit for you? And if he does move, where do you think he would go? Uh, I think the answer to both of those is probably the same. By the way, thanks for having me on, Jeff. It's good to talk with you. Uh, it's the Dodgers. And I know that's kind of like the basic fit where everyone's like, oh, the Dodgers getting better. That stinks. But it, it's it's the truth because it fits best. Uh, they can afford any financial aspect of it um, if they work out a deal. You know, he's got all those deferred payments. I don't know how that would work with a trade if Washington's still on the hook or if they can send some of those with him or how any of that goes. But they, if they want to work, 
spark any of that, then the Dodgers are the best team to handle it because they've got resources out the wazoo. They also have a good prospect system because he's not going to be cheap. You know, we've seen in recent years that rentals have become a little cheaper. I think the price goes back up this year. I've been calling this a seller's market. I stand firm there. Look at the return that Nelson Cruz got, 41-year-old mm-hmm. DH, and he brought back two legit prospects there for Minnesota. Those, those, those arms, Drew Strotman, Joe Ryan, that, those were nice pieces. You better believe that that uh, Max Scherzer is going to bring back a Kybert Ruiz type. Uh, you know, Probably not Josiah Gray because he's in their plans right now, but that sort of type of player I think would be the centerpiece there. So it is the Dodgers as the best fit there, even though that would probably annoy people uh, seeing the rich get richer. Well, and 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 uh, Paul, you just look at it. The Dodgers already, even with uh, some issues that they've had, uh, a, a very disappointing week against the Giants, where they lost three out of four. They do have a chance to rectify that this week in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. they would get even shorter as a favorite here. Of course, uh, at minus two twenty-five division favorite, trailing by two games right now, and the overall betting favorites to win the World Series right now, Paul. And and I think that, you know, people probably look at that and say, well, why do they remain the short shot? Why aren't people respecting the Giants? First off, plus 250 is respecting the Giants and understanding what they're doing. But I think the markets understand that this deadline is important and that the Dodgers could go out and get three or four pieces. They won't all be high-impact Max Scherzer types, but there could be a high-end piece, a middle-tier piece, and two lower-tier pieces. And then all of a sudden, you look at them, and you're like, wow, they are the favorites. Because they're two back with things not going very well, right? Their system has been, or their rotation has been disjointed this year. Uh, with on-field, off-field stuff, with injuries, and then, of course, the Bauer situation. Um, and, and they haven't really been in a, a full groove at any point this year, if you look at the Dodgers, and yet they're two back. And that's why I do respect the Giants, but I still favor the Dodgers as well. And this week is a big reason why, because I think they're going to add pieces for sure. Paul Spore with us here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander this week. Paul, uh, other than the Dodgers, what team do you expect this week to go out and make a big move or a flurry of moves that really helps them moving forward? Well, you look, and and again, another obvious answer would be the Yankees, but they're sitting nine back at this point, so maybe not. Maybe not the Yankees. Maybe it's a team that reinforces themselves, like Houston or the White Sox, two teams that have healthy leads, especially the White Sox. I think they're as set as any team um, in any division right now. They may go make some reinforcements based on the injuries they've gotten, although Jimenez is due back, I believe uh, LaRusa said today, which is wild. And then Roberts working his way back. They still could use some pieces, though. Eduardo Escobar was rumored to them uh, about a month ago at this point. Still is a very good fit. Maybe some supplemental pitching. As far as a team that's kind of working their way up, I still think that the Jays might go out and try to make something Mm. big. And I look at somebody like Jose Barrios as a great fit for them because, I mean, it's a high-impact deal. It would definitely cost them something substantial, but it plays for next year, too. So if they do fall short, they're not getting rentals. I think a team like the Jays, with the situation that they're in, should look at pieces that work for this year and next. Don't get a bunch of rentals because they're at, the odds are a bit against them right now to make a huge playoff run, but then you're still set up for next year if they fall short. So I think the Jays, as far as teams that uh, that are kind of on the outside looking in, Yankees are kind of an obvious one, and then the White Sox as a reinforcement situation. Well, And, and Paul, I'm happy you brought that up because even this market in particular, and, and you said it before, that the rentals will probably go up this year for what the asking price is going to be. And we already saw, again, like you said, a 41-year-old DH got two guys (laughs) that are probably going to be in the major leagues within the next year or two. And, oh, and by the way, they're pretty good prospects as well they got from Tampa Bay. But just, just Paul, just looking at the guys who are not rentals, have a year left, and there are plenty of those Mm -hmm. guys that can move. Joey Gallo is a name that comes to mind that could move here. Just uh, this market, to me, the difference between the buyers and the sellers has never been uh, easier to decipher than it has been this year. 
And that's what I like about this market and, and why it opens up to be very active and a seller's market because it's clear, right? Since the second wild card has happened, teams hold on longer to say, ah, oh, we're kind of in it. We want to see where we're at leading up. I still think teams should trade more in, in early July and late June to get that higher impact. But I understand that they, they want to see if they can catch a run. You know, the Nats, where they were kind of in limbo. They had a little bit of a run uh, about a month ago. Well, now they've kind of come back to the level that they belong at. They're going to realize, yes, we need to sell. Uh, but yeah, the, the haves and have-nots are very obvious right now. And I think that should hopefully foster a very active market. We'll see what the prices are, though, too. Sometimes the buying teams just say, no, you guys are asking way too much. We'll, we'll go with what we got. But there's also not the waiver deadline deals anymore. Remember, those got axed a couple years ago. So you're not going to see the August deals. This is your last time to add reinforcements. So I know we talk about it um, most years that we, we're hoping for an active trade market. And sometimes it ends up being a total bust. I have pretty high hopes that this one's going to deliver. You look at a team like the, the Rockies, they should trade two premium players in John Gray, Trevor Story. The Twins, even if they don't trade a Barrios, they've got other pieces. I know there's some rumors about Byron Buxton. I don't really think he gets traded. Gallo's, like you mentioned, a big piece that could go. Um, they could also trade him in the offseason and still get a mint. But, yeah, there's there's a lot. And even my Tigers, uh, they've been playing really well. They've got a few pieces that they can sell. A Robbie Grossman, a, a Jonathan Scope, those are guys that can go make an impact somewhere. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out. There's one less day, too. It's on mm -hmm. Friday instead of the 31st because they don't want to have games going on Saturday afternoon and guys getting traded and pulled out of games. So, you know, that adds to the urgency, just that one one less day to to make the move. So hopefully it's a big week. We already saw some stuff, the Cruz, the Adam Frazier move. I know there's been heavy Kimbrel rumors. He's got to go. I'd be really surprised if they kept Chris Bryant, too. So the Cubs will be big players. There's a lot of potential excitement here. Adam Frazier, of course, traded last night through the San Diego Padres, the uh, the all-star starting second baseman. So the Padres help out their already pretty good infield depth uh, yeah. with, 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 a, with a really good piece. Paul Spore with us here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Paul, we have about two minutes here. You mentioned the Seattle Mariners to us on primetime action. Uh, last week as possibly well. Like, look, they're still in this. Uh, you like them as a team. And what they did over the weekend, they took three out of four, somehow managing to take three out of four from the A's. They're now a game and a half out. And, Paul, that number that we told you last week, it is still 9-1 to one in order to for them to make the playoffs. Make the case yet again is now they're even closer to Oakland than when we uh, talked about this last week. That was excellent, uh, the way they handled that series. It was very exciting. There were some really exciting series this week that mm -hmm. didn't revolve around the one that everyone always focuses on, which is Boston, New York. There was some excitement there, especially that game yesterday. But the um, White Sox Brewers and then that Oakland-Seattle series, I was dialed into that the entire time. This team has some real upside to it. Now, I don't know that they're going to go out and go any, do anything huge. They're not getting rid of Kelnick, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Noel V. Marte, Hancock, or even Kirby. I think those guys are kind of set. Cal Raleigh is already in the majors. But they have a deep system, so they can kind of play in the middle there, move some of their bigger pieces uh, from, from the second level of their prospects, and make some reinforcements. They should also be looking at things that play for next year, though, too. You know, uh, Jose Barrios would be a good fit for them as well. So anybody that has an extra year beyond this makes sense for the Mariners because they 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 know that the odds are are long against them. But look at the starting pitching. Uh, they have three really strong guys uh, with Kikuchi, Gilbert, and Flexen. Marco Gonzalez is kind of a wild card. Their bullpen is a no-name bullpen, but it's quality. They've got multiple pieces, and that lineup is really working. This team can make some noise. I'd like to see them make at least a couple moves to reinforce and make a real push here. The Seattle Mariners with a minus 52 run differential, eight games over 500, and a game and a half out of the postseason. Incredible it's those one-run games, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, the best best record in the American League in one-run game so far this yep. year. He's Paul Spore. Get him on the tweets at Spore. Check out his work at Fangraphs. Paul, thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks so much. Coming up next here on a numbers game, Adam Stenko. Going to talk an NBA draft next here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.